to experts, a podcast where grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Charlie, and I'm a student at College Park School in Minster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what what we will be doing in our podcast. We are a class of 25 grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focusing on experiential learning using a STEAM approach, that's STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. We want to answer that age-old question of why do I have to learn this by directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert that they know in their lives. This person could be an expert in their profession or job or in what could traditionally be considered a hobby or an interest. So without further delay, I am pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert on art, Brandy Hofer. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. Let's start by getting to know you. Please tell us about yourself. Well, I am a local artist here at Home Minster, um, and I have an in-home studio. So we have built an actual studio space into our home. So I actually work straight straight out of here, and uh, I'm an internationally nationally recognized artist with touring exhibitions, um, yeah, across Canada and in Paris or outside of Paris, and I'm trying to get really technical, um, and all over. So uh, I also do murals, and I'm a writer, I made my first book, um, and I want to start to keep track. I'm also a stay-at-home parent, so I balance um, motherhood along with um, balancing my career, and and yeah, so I I really uh, enjoy speaking both that too. Okay. Cool. It's really cool. Thank you. How many people were in your family growing up? I have an older brother and a younger sister. What is your family like now? Um, my family, we still uh, hang out a whole bunch. We're really close. Um, my brother is a musician, um, and he lives in Edmonton, and his band is called Start by the Moon. So he's very creative. He's always been really into poetry and writing, and he, um, they get grants and funding for, for recording their albums, and uh, he also has another job that uh, kind of makes up for a lot of times uh, artists and musicians and, and people have to have a job to some, supplement their income. Um, so he also has another uh, uh, I can't say what it is here because it's not child appropriate. Well, it is. It's just a uh, he works, he, he, he sells beer, basically. But uh, my sister has a local um, yoga studio. It's called Oasis. Um, and so she practices yoga, but she is also a musician. And she also, um, so she's balancing that creative lifestyle too with, with a business. Um, and so I think it all piece together and but yeah, it's kind of cool how we all turned out really, really creative and pursued our passion. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, what do you remember about grade seven specifically? Grade seven. I remember that I had to move to a school. I remember um, it was very nerve-wracking. I remember um, what I wore and the day it started and how that felt. Uh, it's, it's a really... 
interesting time in anyone's life and and I think we kind of just remember the awkward moments I made a new best friend, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so it was exciting though. It was exciting moving to to a new school and and kind of just you know taking on new challenges and meeting new people, which I've always been super excited about. I'm now going to invite Addison to ask a question. Sure. Um, hi, my name's Addison, and is your family interested in art as well? Yeah. My, um, my family's really creative. Um, I remember getting, like, gifts and, and all sorts of, like, worker packs. Like, whenever I had a birthday or any sort of special occasion, I always received uh, lots of art supplies, um, so they always they always encourage creativity. Um, my mother would say she wasn't a creative, but I disagree. She was a fantastic writer. Uh, she left me a box of. She passed away in 2014 um, when I was pregnant with my first child, and she had left me a box of letters that she wrote to her friends uh, from Kitimabek and. They were full of beautiful stories, and yeah, so she was a really talented writer. Um, and my dad is really into music, and he's just kind of a free spirit and really open to uh, ideas and creativity. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Tell us a little about being an artist. Being an artist, I, I actually wake up every morning and I'm just so excited and happy that uh, I have chosen to uh, pursue a career in the arts because it, it really is a gift. Um, I want to read, I'll read you something because it really is so special to me that I get to not only like every day do something that I absolutely am so pumped about, something that like I can't, when I work, I, I have trouble like taking bathroom breaks because I'm so excited to be doing what I'm doing that I forget that <laughs> I, I just run. And and I, I really honestly want that for everyone. And I, um, and I have recently started to pursue that avenue of, of helping people connect to their creativity. So I'm gonna read you a, uh, a quote. And it is by someone who that actually. The greatest gift you can give yourself is to find something you are naturally adept at and find out a way to make a living at it. Because if you do that, every day will really be a play day. You're never battling upstream, you love what you do. And if you love what you do, why do you wanna stop doing it? So that's by Judith Susan Bloom, but a lot of people know her as Judge Judy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really honestly um, feel that every day is just, I'm so grateful. I'm so lucky to, to um, you know, grow up in an encouraging environment and figure out a way to to make this work. It, it hasn't been an easy path, but I know the more I talk about it and the more I share with others that I'll inspire them to connect to their creativity and then they'll not maybe, you know, it won't take them 20 years to get to where I am and they can, you know, pursue it right away if we encourage it. 
That's awesome. Thank you. I'm now going to invite Jesse to ask a question. Hello, my name is Jesse, and why did you start making art? I feel like I always did. It was just always a part of my everyday. Um, I, even if we didn't have things to draw in, I would just draw atlases and cut things up and throw paint on the floor and ruin our whole entire house. I live with one of you now, so nothing's um, <laughs> out to get me. But um, it's just always been there. It's always, and I think, you know, everyone is creative in some way. It's whether it's encouraged or positively reinforced or not. Um, and in my case, we did come from a family where um, my parents encouraged me to pursue the things that I was passionate about. Passionate about. So uh, I'm very lucky that that happened. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. So you said that like your family's really like supportive about it and that you've always liked it. But did someone inspire you to like be an artist when you were a kid or something? Yeah, there's actually a collective uh, amount of little things that kind of added up to um, you know, that really impacted and changed my life. Um, I did have uh, special teachers in elementary school who they wouldn't let me be in the place. <laughs> I was better at making the backgrounds, and they were probably right. Um, as much as I wanted to sing, they always made me paint the backgrounds. Um, and and I remember who that was in grade three, Mrs. Corlett. She'd always make me make the crafts or cut things for the class. Um, so like you always remember those encouraging individuals in grade nine. I actually had a teacher who failed me in English. Um, and it's not because she didn't think I could do it. She knew I could do it, but she needed to like get me fired up so I would. Um, she made me fall in love with Shakespeare. She, she encouraged me to write poetry, which I had never done before. Um, and I ended up actually embarrassedly, like in grade nine, I was very embarrassed. So I will never forget the moment I read the poem and cried in front of my class. <laughs> But it's just like those moments and those special individuals that encourage those and push you um, to find yourself. Um, and I always thought I couldn't write because so many people told me I couldn't. Um, uh, like even in my own family, they told me I couldn't write. I knew what I wanted to say, I just didn't quite um, develop the skill set to communicate it properly through language. Um, and it took me a lot of years to figure that out. Even in university, I struggled writing essays. And again, I was told I couldn't by several professors and that I should take extra courses on essay writing, etc. And then I finally had this amazing professor in the history of Hitchcock, and he wrote about the aesthetics of murder, and he gave me an A plus because he knew that I tried. He knew that I went above and beyond, and he positively reinforced my efforts and that actually opened up and gave me the momentum I needed to pursue the things that maybe I wouldn't have. And now I'm having my first manuscript edited for my first ever book. And um, so those individuals and those people who, you know, push you or encourage you are so integral to um, the successes and, and I think 
so many people give up when they're told they can't. And and uh, I guess I just didn't. I'm a little bit stubborn. So I hope that, um, and I know that there, there's a lot of those people out there who, who you know, teachers and, and educators who go above and beyond uh, for students and children to to find, you know, their passions. So. That's really nice. Oh, what is your preferred style of art? Oh, gosh. I really, well, I, I started kind of um, in more of like an abstract expressionist way because we were kind of learning about it in our school. So I did go to RDC. I started at RDC. It's not called, I think it's called Regier Polytech now, but it was uh, Regier College. And um, they have a wonderful art facility and really great uh, professors. And so I started out kind of after, but I always was drawn to the human form and portraiture. Um, and now I work, I kind of combine the two, the abstract mark making with the portraiture and I integrate the processes. I also really love um, collage. What you can see behind me is kind of a mix of abstract expressionism and, and collage, but portraiture from my friend uh, Taylor. She did a self-portrait series, so I got inspired by her photography and took off with that. But I really, I love the process of art making, so I love to experiment and discover, and I kind of just go with how I feel. So it's always, it, it really is a personism because I always uh, capitalize and, and connect to those emotions and those feelings when I'm making art. Thank you. What was the first mural you painted and who was it for? I actually, my very first mural was kind of crazy. It was 50 feet by uh, 14 feet, and most of you probably have seen it. It's by the movie theater um, at the Usher Occupational uh, Testing Something Building. Um, so it's the one with all the colorful triangles and the little boy pushing the fire truck. So that was my very first ever mural, which was a crazy undertaking, but that's why our community is so great and so special because they'll trust someone who's never done something before to take the 50-foot mural. And now I've done so many, I don't even know how many, but it was it was definitely a challenge and it took way longer than I thought, but it, it was such a positive experience that um, I've gone forward and integrated as part of like a service I offer in the business, and it has really changed um, my practice and its sustainability as a creative because murals really help with um, my overall yearly income. So it's been an actual very important step in my career to take on those, those mural jobs. Oh, not only that, but they're very important for the community. Um, and we're working on one right now, hopefully, uh, that will happen in 135 feet. Because when you uh, take on these public spaces, they really turn like any space into a thriving public destination. Like if you think about it, people pull it by them, they take them, they want to be near it because it's so beautiful and it's so inspiring. So to have that, uh, to bring that as a gift for the community has been really, really fulfilling. And I'm grateful that uh, people believed in, in me enough to do that because 
I think it really will, like, it, it has potentially can change our downtown and, and make it into a more beautiful environment that people want to be a part of. Thank you. What is your favorite painting series that you've done? Oh, that's so hard. I, I paint a lot. I'm really a little bit prolific. I, uh, because I just need to. It's not really a want, it's a need. And I think my favorite, it's so hard because I do it with my children. So it's like picking my favorite. There, I love them all for very different reasons. Uh, the Gus series was a really big turning point for me. The Gus series is where we painted 44 portraits of local parents. Um, and I did it when my first son was um, two to three. So he helped me um, on every step of those portraits, and they're really beautiful. And that exhibition traveled to three venues across Canada, and it was an interactive installation, so people could interact with the work. Um, we had like fried toys and balloons with suckers tied to them, and it, it, we had like 120 people at the opening, so it's not like your typical snobby art opening. It had like so many kids, and so it really summed up like it was just such a beautiful, beautiful collection we created, and it'll always be really close to my heart because um, I started integrating my children into my creative process, and I think that changed and inspired people from all over the globe. Thank you. Um, I now like to invite Nixon to ask a question. What is your all over like favorite piece that you've made? Oh no. I don't know. I really don't. I Do you really have I always have I always have favorites all the time. I I just they're all my favorites for different reasons. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't answer that. I I, I mean, I love some, I love some just because I, I really love some of them where I've integrated the world because I don't do that very often. Um, I'm working on a piece right now. We're doing a portrait class with Kristen Pickman and her daughter Lola. I'm doing, I'm working on, I guess this is sound, so I won't show you, but I'm working on this beautiful portrait of her. And I always, I, I love them all for different reasons, I guess is the best answer. Okay, and have you ever, like, made a piece that you had to sell but you really didn't want to because you liked it so much? Yeah, I actually, um, it's hard to let go of your art, uh, but obviously that I need to sell it because it's my business, but I actually am going to take one down right now, um, and I just think that piece will be so important to them when they are adults, so I'm actually going to take it off my site and keep it. Um, it's very vague too, but I'm not often do I do that because I, I get attached to all my work, but I think there's a few that just should stay in our family specifically uh, for nostalgic and sentimental reasons. Okay, thank you. Thanks. In your opinion, what makes someone an expert and do you consider yourself to be one? No. I don't think anyone's an expert. I think we continue learning um, every moment of every day. We never know everything, and when we stop learning, we just, what's left, right? 
I think um, there's always room to grow and expand and learn from people any age. Like, even in this podcast right now, here today, I'm learning from you. Um, and I see it as an opportunity to grow as a human being and become a better, more compassionate um, person. Yeah, same thing. What do you think failure has to do with success? And also, when did you fail and how did it help you? I failed all the time. I, I failed at giving my kids the most supporting and big score on the podcast. Um, no, I, you know what? You just have to be yourself and kind of roll with it. Um, and you really have to laugh at yourself because you'll just, this is a quote, I'm quoting someone. It's from the Indigo Girls. They say, you have to laugh at yourself because you'll, you'll cry your eyes out if you don't. Um, life can be hard. And if we focus on the kind of cup half full sort of perspective, and if you see every, every hardship and every failure as a learning opportunity, I think it, it just helps um, grow as a person and become more evolved and, and more mindful and um, yeah so I, I really I'm grateful for failures no matter how hard they are uh, you'll always come through it and sometimes when you heal those failures if you think about it five years later they may not even be a blip in your radar or they may have been a turning point um, for you and they inspired you to find your fire and, and and stand up for people um, because, or standing up for yourself, because when you stand up for yourself, I'm quoting people left, right, center. When you stand up for yourself, you allow others to grow taller to you, and that's Jensen Thank you. I'm now going to open the mic to anyone who has questions. Sure, bring it on. Who is your favorite artist? Ah. Uh, I, when I was in university, I loved uh, Jenny Treville, and then moving, kind of like, and you can see it in my work, I really loved Agnes Delgado. So Agnes Delgado is actually a Canadian Mexican artist, and he is from Regina, Saskatchewan, but he lives in London, and he uh, and his partner have a gallery called Years London, and they... They are really successful, he does really well, and um, so I'm inspired by his journey and the way he creates. Um, more recently, I'm kind of inspired by my creative community. I'm a member of the Art Kings, and we kind of all do our own thing, but encourage one another. So I've kind of grown into my, my own self as an artist, and, and oh, I really love Kevin Lido. He does these really large-scale uh, portraits murals. And you should see them there somewhere in Calgary. And you guys can check them out um, because Calgary has a really big pop mural festival. And uh, yeah, so I really love a few mural artists too, but really all art is great. So all art is great art. There's no good or bad, but those are my favorite. Okay, bye. Bye. Um, we've got quite a lineup here. Are you still good for time? Yeah, go for it. Perfect, okay. Um, hello, it's Breton, and I was wondering, what kind of uh, paint do you use? Okay, so it's going to be a big one because I love to mix all kinds of paint together. Um, so if you can see behind me, there's the background on that is all like acrylic, 
paint and stuff like that, but it sure looks pretty dry really flat because they're kind of like blue. So sometimes I like to start with the acrylic to put oil over top. So oil paint like um, doesn't dry the same way and it's richer and more alive and really vibrant. Recently, I've been experimenting with epoxy and it's kind of like this plastic coating that makes them really shiny and glossy over top. Um, and I like chalk pastel and oil pastel and colored prism color pencils. So I kind of like to mix it all together, but you have to be careful because sometimes if you mix them in the wrong way, your paint can fall off. So you can always do acrylic under oil, but you can never put an oil under acrylic. And um, how would you tackle a big mural like you, like the first one that you made? Like to get, like say if I was putting a portrait on it? Like if you're making just, uh, kind of like the example with the boy with the triangles and the fire truck, and you said that was really big. How yeah. would, yeah, how would you like? So because I had never done it before, I had to do a lot of research. I called the paint spot in Edmonton because I know they supply artists with mural supplies. And I did a lot of research online too, but I talked to them and they walked me through the process of a mural from start to finish. So with that, you have to first figure out your design. You have to design it digitally. On what's great now, I use Photoshop because Procreate wasn't big then, but now you guys can even use it. It's called Procreate. It's like a really cheap app, no ads, and $13 you can get on iPhone or iPad. And you can make anything with like cool digital pens. You can put pictures on it and make them different colors and draw over top of them. You design it first and procreate, and then you work with your business partner, whoever the wherever the wall's going, and you go back and forth deciding what the mural would look like before you put it on the wall. It's a very important step because you don't want to paint a mural and have them not like it. So I do that, we figure out the design, then we sign the contract, uh, say both agree that this is the design we want to use, and then they pay for the services, and then I go ahead and tackle it. So then you start with the acrylic paint, or first you wash the walls, because walls can be very dirty. You um, go with the acrylic paint, then you put two isolation coats on, which protects the acrylic paint, and then you have to wait a few days, and then you spray it with turpentine, which protects it from graffiti and bird poop and dirt, and then all that stuff. So it's actually, it ends up being quite a few layers, like six to eight layers of, of paint and isolation and weatherproofing coat. So um, it's a lot to wrap your head around, but it definitely is possible. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, my name is Julia, Hi. and I was Hi. wondering what your favorite medium is. My favorite medium right now, I'm going to say, is I really love drawing and sketching on paper. So um, I have a really interesting process that I've developed over the years, um, and I'm actually doing a portrait class right now, um, and I'm putting that together. So I'm really loving sharing that process. Um, and so I like to sketch with the Prismacolor pencil crayons and go over top with oil and chalk pastel on paper. I love paper. Okay, thank you. Thanks. 
Hi, I'm Marissa. And how long did it take for how long did it take to make the mural? That first mural took me about 35 days. But now that I because it was my very first one and I thought I was getting into that doesn't scare me. I'm like, I can figure this out. You really can figure it out. And now it doesn't seem like such a big deal. So with this 135 mural, potential mural that we're planning. Um, the timeline will be 10 to 14 days, and that mural is, um, yeah, more than double that size. So uh, the more, the, you know, the more efficient you get, the more you do it, and and um, and yeah. So this this new one will take a scissor lift, the other one, so so I can go up in high, so heavy duty machinery. Um, yeah, so the more you do something, um, the less scary it becomes and, and, and the easier it is to tackle it faster. Um, but um, in big mural festivals, uh, like in big cities like in Calgary, the Bump Mural Festival that I talked about, that is the uh, average timeline is 10 to 14 days that they will allow an artist to create the mural, which is crazy because it's so hard. <laughs> it's really physically demanding, but it's really fun at the same time. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, my name is Addy, and my question is, what's your favorite color? Oh, and that changes every day. I really like the color of your shirt today. That's a sweet color. It's, my favorite color always changes, for sure, like every day it does. I have trouble oh. um, making my website the same color all the time, because I, I always have a different idea of what my favorite is. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, I'm Kelly. And what do you do if a painting didn't turn out the way you wanted it to be? Sometimes I just leave it and wait and try again. Um, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I always find a way to make it work. Um, sometimes I I painted over them in the past. And then I kind of was like, you know what, that was a really good painting. I'm not sure why I painted over it. Every painting is a story. Every painting is a process of how you, and, and an example of how you felt in that moment. So there's really no good or bad painting. It's all like a building block and a story and a narrative kind of showing you who you were at that moment in time. So I don't think there is bad art. There's never a misstep. There's never... A good or bad painting is always like just kind of like a message of, of you know where you're supposed to be in your journey and and a, a stepping stone or a building block of where you're meant to be. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nixon, and where do you get your inspiration for your paintings? Um, inspiration can really come from anywhere. It can come from a cool color you see somewhere. It can come from if you, you know, look outside and and the sun is setting in a really cool color palette. Or like behind me, my I was inspired by my friend's uh, self-portrait series and her photography, and it made me feel a certain way. And I wanted to express her creativity, but in my own way through my creative mediums and way of expressing myself. So. Expression can really come from anywhere, or inspiration, sorry. Okay, thank you. And also, how has COVID, like, affected your painting business? 
It actually has been, I don't want to, it actually has been an honest to goodness gift. Um, I, my life didn't change a whole lot because I was a stay-at-home parent before, so I always worked from home. Um, and of course, so being locked at home wasn't such a shock for me. Um, and, and I know it was such an adjustment for others. But I really enjoyed how um, the creative communities online blossomed and grew, uh, especially for creative female artists. Um, a lot of really big, momentous uh, communities grew out of the pandemic uh, because still, and I know you guys probably aren't aware of this fact, but it's still only... 16% of women are represented in galleries um, all over the world. So there's a big, there's a big, um, it's not equal. So we're moving forward trying to find equality. So I meet so many amazing female creative friends online um, who really encouraged me and uh, lifted me up to find, find you know, extra drive and, and extra like it just it was truly a gift and not only that but I really loved um spending that extra time at home with my loved one. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Brett and if you want can you tell us what your book is about? My book is called Color Me Happy. It's called See Your Everyday Ordinary is Extraordinary. So I talk about my creative journey um, and motherhood and kind of some funny, embarrassing stories along the way um, that will hopefully make people laugh and just to help people um, live in the moment and see, you know, like we talked about before, like a failure, not as a failure, but but a building block in, in, in your own story and and part of your narrative and to take on things that scare you and overcoming fear and to not overthink things too much. And so just inspiring um, people to to really to really value and have gratitude for what they have in their life right now because it is just it's 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 leading you towards your passion and, and your goals and, and a beautiful a beautiful life really. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Space. Hi. Hi, my name's Dallin and do you prefer to do small paintings or big paintings? Um, like I said, I kind of really love um, the paper stretching and then the sketching over top of the like really colorful um, uh, paper stretching. It depends um, what kind of mood I'm in, for sure. I didn't like drawing on paper for a while because I did custom artwork and I did so much custom artwork that in one year I had 130 orders. And I got really tired, and we call it burnout. Um, so artistic burnout is when you do something too much, and and you kind of don't want to anymore. Um, so I I'm coming back and falling in love with that process again. But I really do love experimenting, and um, I I am even working on some that are one inch, but I don't know how much I'm enjoying them right now. But I do I do kind of like this 
synthesis size typically um, since it's really green, but I do love working obviously in all sizes because now I'm doing here also. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, my name's Eli. My question is, um, what's the biggest painting you've ever made? Well, it's a mural. It's 50 by 14 feet. Um, and hopefully in June, it'll be 135 by 20 foot painting. Um, the biggest painting, I think I still have it in my stairwell, uh, was when I was in college. I think it's 10 by 7 feet. Oh, no. Actually, I did a panel painting for someone as a custom artwork. Oh, like back in 2009, it was 25 by 5 feet. So that's my biggest painting, but yeah, my biggest mural is 50 by. I'll take on any challenge. <laughs> uh, oh, if you're talking square footage, I've done full um, interiors of buildings, so I don't even, I don't even know. 2,700 square feet. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hello, it's Breton again, and I was wondering, how do you think that gender gap between female artists and male artists, how do you think that could be addressed? It can be addressed by, like I said, when, when large groups of women come together um, and, uh, and ask for change. So I'm a part of several different groups, so um, for example, uh, Artist Mother podcast. This group is in May doing an exhibition. It's called Taking Up Space. So it is telling women to ask for exhibitions, uh, work together as groups to do group shows, have online exhibitions. So that is something I'll be a part of. Um, and I asked to have an exhibition at PSP Contemporary Gallery. So this Taylor collection behind me will have its own solo show in June through PSP Contemporary Gallery. So it's not just about, you know, someone making room for us. It's it's almost demanding and not being shy and and being proactive about about you know selling your work, being represented by galleries, um, and 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 the more the more we work together and collaborate over compete is when we will see change. Um, so it really, the art world doesn't need to be competitive as, as far as any sort of job. Like there is enough for everyone. There is, uh, and you have to think about it in like kind of an abundant mindset way that we're not competing if the more you live each other up and the more you you give advice to each other and share your knowledge is the more we can grow and the more we can all thrive together thank you that's a great question thank you um, I just had a question about art. I, I often teach my own art classes. And one of the things that I hear the kids saying often is, uh, I'm not good. I'm not an artist and, and those kinds of things. And I'm thinking you're 12, you're, you're 13, you're, you're, you're thinking that already. Do you ever feel that way? Or do you have any advice for me and other teachers to, to get students past that? Yeah. And I think, you know, just growing up here and, and going through, even in university, it was really competitive. And it was it was kind of strange because it almost felt like you were competing with your professors and you get these really strange comments. 
And I just, I truly believe that in this case, when, because creativity is just such, it's so connected to who you are and your emotions that it can be such a tricky subject because it is, it is an expression of who you are. So I think the only way to go about it is really not through critique, but through positive reinforcement. Because like I said, there really is no such thing as bad art. Um, and for teachers and educators, um, I'm really excited because I will, I don't know if they've told the students, but eventually they'll know. And it is happening. We are starting Art Academy for, uh, for uh, six to eight exactly that age because it is when when it is such an impressionable impressionable age because you know that's when it kind of gets dropped because someone said you couldn't sing or your eye was off on your drawing or whatever and it makes you feel so bad that you don't want to do it anymore um and that just absolutely absolutely breaks my heart um and through, and I don't know everything, and I'm so excited to learn more from the students. I'm sure they'll teach me more than I even know, but through what I've done, and uh, for example, we did a portrait uh, course with that age specifically at, at Grace United for their youth group recently, and that exact thing happened. They came in, they're like, I don't know anything about this. I can't draw my superhero self-portrait. I can't draw my face. This is so... And by the end of that class, through encouragement and, you know, showing them a few tips and tricks and of what you know, um, they were walking out of there saying, like, literally some of them dancing. out saying, I'm going to sell this for a thousand dollars. Just so excited because I think they saw that some, like, someone was actively pursuing and, and, Doing this and that can it can be fun. It can be it can be just you know it doesn't have to be your career, but it can be um, just a fun experience. And it shouldn't be hard. And it's just part of you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm gonna pa- pass it back to Charlie for wrap up now. Sure. Thank you. That's our last question from the floor. So we're gonna wrap up now. Is there anything else you wanted to say? No, I really want to thank you for having me. This was so fun. It was nice to meet you all. Um, you can feel free to reach out anytime. I have a website, it's brandyhofer.ca, and I'm on Instagram, at brandyhoferstudios. So I will answer every question that you have. So feel free to reach out. If I don't answer, it's just because I missed it. But other than that, it was so nice to meet you, and... I'm sure I'll see your lovely faces in the fall. Thank you. Thank you for coming, Brandy. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about art. Thank you to my classmates for the questions, and thank you, listeners. Have a great day, and stay tuned for the next episode.
We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.